Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of scripture and theology. We've been working our way for the last several days through the book of Jonah. It is an incredible story. We're all pretty familiar with it. It's a rather popular story, even outside of church circles. And we, we know the story. Jonah runs from God. God uses a big fish to get him back and sends him again on his original call to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel, to go to Nineveh and call them to repentance. And when he does that, God shows them mercy. When they respond to the call of God to repent with faith, God shows them mercy. And so in this way, we really do see this Good news God, this gospel God saving, showing mercy, being gracious to sinners, which is exactly what he does. And Jonah knows this is what he does, and that's part, he tells us, part of why he's so frustrated with the whole situation. Because he knew if he went and preached and they repented, God would be nice. God would show mercy. So that brings us up to, to where we are in the story. We're going to look at the rest of the book of Jonah today, Jonah 4, verses 5 through 11. So let me pray for us, and then we'll look at those verses. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, that you don't change, that you are concerned for us, and most importantly, you're concerned that we understand who you are, and that we recognize who you are, and that we recognize your heart for sinners. Father, we pray that you would direct us by your Spirit as we read these closing words of this book. In Christ's name, amen. This is what we read in the book of Jonah, chapter 4, verses 5 through 11. Jonah went out of the city and set to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from the left and also much cattle? And that's where it ends, right there, with that question. And it's really an incredible ending, as abrupt as it might be. It's an incredible ending, and we'll get there briefly. When we look at verse 5, it seems, if we kind of try to read it and fit it in with the rest of the story, it's a little bit of a weird situation because God has already relented, and there's already been this one conversation with Jonah and God about Jonah's displeasure with what God has done. And then verse 5 seems to be a situation where Jonah doesn't yet know what's going to happen. 
And so some commentators, like Douglas Stewart, who is a very, very capable Old Testament scholar, sees verses 5 through 11 as a flashback. And, and it's designed rhetorically to end with this particular question. And perhaps that's the case. Perhaps 5 through 11 should be as a flashback that, that we see the, this moment between when Jonah preached and then he left the city to see what God would do. God has this conversation with him, seemingly to prepare him for what he was going to do. And then Jonah ends up being angry anyway. That's perhaps what's going to happen. But it might also be, it's just as reasonable that after God relents, Jonah is still holding out some hope that some judgment will come. And so he leaves the city and goes and sits and waits. Either of these are possibilities. And here's the reality of the situation. Neither way really changes the point of what we read here. If we read this as a flashback that's purposely designed to end the story with this conversation between Jonah and God and this rhetorical question from God, that's fine. If we read it just straight through that this is what Jonah did, that's fine as well. The same point is made. And here's the point that is made. It's that God is not concerned with our agendas for things. God is concerned only with his agenda of showing mercy to sinners. And he will go to great lengths, as he does here, to get us on board with that agenda. See, what we begin to see here is that this whole ministry thing, this whole preaching of the gospel, all of this is about God's prerogative. All of it is about God doing what he wants to do and God being who he is. It's not about us and what we want. It, it's not about Jonah and his desire to see punishment come upon the Ninevites. That's not the point of what's going on. And, and Jonah's missing everything. And so he has this scene here that we've just read about. And God shows mercy to Jonah and gives this plant to shade him. And then God gets rid of the plant. And Jonah's furious about this, furious enough, mad enough, frustrated enough with the whole situation that he's just like, let me die. And, and God questions him about this, and he's like, absolutely. Absolutely, I do right to be angry. Ab that, that's, of course, the right answer. And so God uses this. He doesn't rebuke him for this. He uses it as an object lesson. You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came up into being in a night and perished in a night. You, Jonah, pitied this thing that you had nothing to do with. You desire it to live. That you might, you know, this thing that you had nothing to do with at all. And then he turns the table and said, should not I pity Nineveh? that great city, and then he gives the statistics of the city. See, here's, here's what God does. He uses this whole situation that he has designed, that he has brought about to teach Jonah that it's right for me to do this. You desire the, the, the salvation of this plant that you had nothing to do with, yet I created Nineveh. I, I'm the sovereign over them. I created them for my glory. I am in, in control here. 
And if it's right for you, Jonah, to pity this plant and desire its life, that you may get glory, that you may get comfort from it, is it not equally right for me to pity Nineveh and desire their life, this people that I created, is it not right for me to show them mercy, to give them life? And then, of course, the answer to this rhetorical question is, well, yeah, that is right. It is right for God to pity and desire the life of those, the lives of those, the souls of those that he created for his glory. And so God's not here debating with Jonah about what is or isn't right. He's making this point that it is right for God to pity sinners because he created us for his glory. He created people to, to be in relationship with him, to reflect back his image and, and, and to reflect back his glory. That's why we exist. This is what our catechism teaches. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so, yes, it's right for God to pity us and desire the restoration of that relationship and of that purpose from us. Just as Jonah desired the restoration of this plant and its purpose in providing him shade, so God should desire the nations and their salvation that they too might glorify and enjoy him. And so that's where the book ends. And so it leaves us in this place again, as we've kind of worked through Jonah, we, we've come back to this idea again and again of him being a sympathetic character in the sense that, that we can understand where he's coming from, if we're honest. And that's what the book leaves us questioning once again. Are, are we going to, like Jonah, just demand our agenda from God? Or are we going to recognize the glory and grace and mercy of his agenda that includes us? That's what God desires Jonah to recognize is that, no, it's right for me to be how I am, which is full of grace and full of mercy and kind to sinners. That's what we need to recognize in God. That's what the gospel is all about. That he is full of grace and full of mercy and kind to sinners. That he has pitied us and so he sent his son that we might have life. That's what Jonah is all about. Us seeing that like Jonah, we need to recognize that it is right for God to be how he is. And that even if that doesn't fit our agenda for what we want him to do in this world, 
still, it is right for him to be how he is and do as he pleases. Might we learn from Jonah to be satisfied with who and how God is and what he does for his own glory. Amen. Thank you.